Canada. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, first order of business. Let's get right to it. Hello, Olympia, Washington. Very proud to welcome a new affiliate, KGYAM1240 in Olympia. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Very, very uh, pleased and very proud to have KGY as part of our uh, growing family here on the Conspiracy Show. I believe that brings our total to 15 affiliates south of the border. And uh, delighted to have them all, each and every one, from uh, Kodiak, Alaska, which we welcomed last week, KVOKAM 560, Huntsville, Alabama, Phoenix, Atlanta, Davenport, Iowa, Springfield, Missouri, Hanover, Claremont, New Hampshire, Albany, Beacon, Kingston, Peekskill, New York, Asheville, North Carolina, Bismarck, North Dakota, and of course our brand new one, KGYAM 1240. Uh, Tim Spreen, our uh, very capable uh, technical man and producer here on The Conspiracy Show, open up the phone lines because the first hour, it's just you and me, friends. And I do have something on my mind, and I'm hoping you'll be interested in chatting with me about it. Obviously, these are very uncertain times. And the situation unfolding in the tiny island nation of Cyprus really has me concerned, and it, it should have you concerned as well. Uh, Cyprus, you're saying, that's half a world away. It's, it's a tiny little country, 800,000 people. What could that possibly have to do with me? Well, if you've been following what's been going on over there, it could have a lot to do with all of us, because I think what's going on in Cyprus, as they scramble to avoid uh, some sort of a meltdown and possibly risk being turfed out of the EU, although it looks like now that's not going to happen. The Troika, the EU, the IMF, the dreaded IMF, and the European Central Bank have essentially told the Cypriot government, you will impose a tax on the depositors at the two largest banks in that country to shore up its failing bank uh, financial system. And a lot of that money, of course, is, as we've come to learn, Russian money, KGB money, Vladimir Putin money. <laughs> uh, and uh, the latest deal is this. Most depositors in Cyprus will be spared after the uh, Cyprian parliament basically said, no, we are not going to impose a depositor tax, which was anywhere from, I think, 6.9% upwards to about 15%. They're not good. They weren't going to impose that tax on ordinary depositors, to which the Troika responded, if you don't do something, you're out of the EU. Well, now, now it looks as if only those depositors with money in the two largest banks, over $100,000, or 100,000 euros, my mistake, 100,000 euros, will have to pay upwards of, get this, 40%. 40%. In addition, Cyprus has imposed a capital controls. In other words, because obviously, if you had more than 100,000 euros and you knew this was coming down the pipe, you would be scrambling to the bank to withdraw your money. Uh, so they've put in place these capital controls. You can only withdraw up to 100 euros from an, from a, uh, from an ATM. And if you were to go to the bank, I'm not sure what the, uh, the controls there are, but in other words, they're preventing people from taking their money out of the bank. 
And of course, the first people in line would be these former KGB people, because Cyprus is sort of the the new Cayman Islands or the new Switzerland, and the uh, the, the KGB, uh, of course, after the fall of the uh, the, the Berlin Wall uh, and the the collapse of the Soviet Union, you had this sort of gangster capitalism that emerged in in Russia, and a lot of uh, KGB people. However, they did it. They they acquired a great deal of wealth, and I would include uh, include uh, Vladimir Putin in that. And they parked their money in Cyprus. So now you had the Cyprian Parliament <laughs> placed in this position where they were told essentially to put a depositor tax uh, on uh, on deposits, which was a, a really going to, to hurt, kick the Soviets or kick the Russians in the pants, which was, I guess, sort of. A nice or a, 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 an opportunity for the IMF to do this. When I say IMF, what we're really talking about here is Washington, the International Monetary Fund headquartered in Washington. This was a, a rare opportunity for them to kick their former Cold War foes in the pants with this, this depositor tax. But I, I, I got to tell you, I'm a little concerned for the the uh, the, the members of Parliament in Cyprus uh, because. I suspect the uh, former KGB and the Russians who have a lot of money, we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars in Cyprus banks, aren't going to take this lying down. I suspect we're going to see, I hope not, I suspect we're going to see a few Cyprian parliamentarians floating face down in the Mediterranean. Because these guys play rough, let me tell you that. However... What's going to happen, I suspect, is depositors in Greece, in Spain, in Italy are looking at Cyprus and saying, we could be next. Are they going to tax my deposits? I mean, guaranteeing, a bank guaranteeing your deposits, that's sacrosanct. That's the rule of law. And now what we have essentially is theft. We have the IMF the European Central Bank, the EU, demanding that the Cyprian government steal money from their own depositors. This could very well cause a run on the banks in places like Greece, in Italy, in Spain, in Portugal, in Ireland. And it could cause banks to fail. And we could see a ripple effect that could turn into an economic tsunami that could could make the the economic collapse of 2008 look like a walk in the park and what i'm asking you ladies and gentlemen and i invite you to the phones are you concerned are you prepared for a possible financial collapse are you confident that your deposits in your bank are safe Now, having said that, here in Canada, we have probably the most stable banking system in the world. Our debt-to-GDP ratio is relatively low compared to other, other countries in the G7 or G20. I don't foresee a financial collapse in Canada, but I would ask my, my American listeners, how do you feel? Do you think it's within the realm of possibility that one day you'll wake up and be told the banks are closed for an extended banking holiday. The banks in Cyprus have now been closed for more than a week. Imagine if you had no 
access to cash. How are you going to pay your groceries? How are you going to pay your electricity bill? Imagine waking up and being told, banks are closed for a week. When they reopen, your $100,000 is now worth 60, 60,000. So you're taking a 40% haircut and you can only withdraw $100 a week. Do you think that could happen? In Canada, probably not, not in the foreseeable future. In the United States, what do you think? Regardless, I think that the situation in Cyprus will look back, and, and uh, I, I follow a, a number of uh, forecasters and, and, and um, financial analysts on a website called kingworldnews.com. People like Eric Sprott and Jim Sinclair and Gerald Salente, who, who contributes. And Gerald Salente will be on this program in the coming weeks. One of the great trend forecasters anywhere. And what they're saying is that the situation in Cyprus, we'll look back on this one day, and it'll be compared to the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand in Serbia back in 1914 as that pivotal event, which, which of course led to World War I, but it was a domino effect. The situation in Cyprus, as it is unfolding now, could be, could have a similar import. It may be one of the most significant events in modern history. It could lead to the unraveling of the EU. It could be the IMF's greatest blunder. It could lead to a run on banks, bank failures. Are you prepared for a financial collapse? Are you fearful of a financial collapse? And if you are, how are you preparing? What do you do if you wake up and you don't have access to your own money? Do you own physical gold? Do you own silver? Is is that something you would consider? How bad do you think it's going to get? I own some uh, what we call paper gold. I have have a, a percentage of my investments in mutual funds, and those funds hold stocks in gold mines and silver mines and and, uh, and, and, uh, well, we don't own physical gold. There was a time, of course, when the dollar was backed by gold, of course, and silver. Nixon finally took uh, the United States off the gold standard back in 1971. A lot of people are advocating we need to get back to that point. I don't know if that'll happen in, in our lifetime, but I tell you what, this financial system that we're living on for the la- living under for the last 100 years is a ponzi scheme it can't go on forever all paper money eventually collapses and then we have to hit the reset button and start over and i seemed i i believe that we are nearing that point again so when we, when we come back we'll take your calls Let me throw out the numbers now. These are always handy. 416-360-0740. in the Greater Toronto Area and toll-free from just about anywhere. 
866-744-740. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. I look forward to your voices. Keeping an eye on the New World Order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back and asking, are you prepared for a possible financial collapse? Now, some may say that uh, we're uh, sounding the uh, the alarm bells unnecessarily. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think you should always be prepared. I remember my, my father, who had lived through a depression and uh, served in the Second World War, and uh, back in the um, 70s, 80s, you know, there was uh, we'd gone through an energy crisis and, and, and a recession, but but nothing like what we're facing right now. And uh, he had this room in the uh, in the basement of our home in Brantford. It was his, sort of his workroom. He had his tools in there, and uh, but he saved everything, everything, little pieces of string and little pieces of of, uh, of, of metal. And uh, I remember uh, he, he used to manage a shoe store. We always had nice shoes. When I outgrew a pair of shoes, I would, if they were a little uh, tattered, uh, I would uh, throw them out. And years later, after my father passed away, it took us years to clean out his room. <laughs> he had saved uh, so many things and packed so many things away. And I remember opening the closet and finding just about every pair of shoes I'd ever owned and thought I had tossed out. Because he remembered, he remembered what it was like during the dirty 30s. He remembers how times were so tough that you just, you didn't throw things away. And I remember going through his things and finding, I don't know if you remember these, they were called sterno stoves. Sterno was a, a, a fuel that you could burn and, and uh, essentially allowed you allowed you to, to cook uh, on this little stove. It was for camping, but he he bought seven or eight of them, and it, it stashed them away. I guess in the back of his mind, he was thinking, it could happen again. Are you prepared? Lee is in Ohio. Hey, Lee, welcome. On the air. You are on the air, sir. Uh, thank you. I just, I've been um, looking for um, a meltdown about 30 years. I've invested in gold many years ago when it was just uh, half of what it was worth now. I live where I'm completely self-sufficient. So I look for a, an economic turn and also like society in general to like decay. Well, if 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 things get really tough, uh, I think it's pretty safe to assume that there will be this societal decay. I think we'll see... We'll see panic in the streets in places in Europe if, for example, in Greece, Spain, Portugal, uh, they begin to become fearful that there's going to be a, dep- a tax on depositors. Uh, uh, and that it could starts, spread. That could spread. It starts with the weakest economies and infrastructures, and then it builds, it goes outward. So uh, the, um, the America would probably be the last for that to happen, but it, it will start where, where it basically is starting now. Well, here's the interesting thing, you know, the the the, uh, the the dictate coming in Europe from the Troika 
One of the troika is, of course, the IMF. Well, who is the IMF? It's Washington. It's the same people that are that are involved in the uh, the Federal Reserve and many of the large banks in the United States making these decisions in Europe. So who's to say it couldn't happen in the United States at some point? When you look at the... It just may happen. Well, Lee, how else do you prepare? Uh, do you, do you, you, you said you're pretty self-sufficient. Do you live off the grid, uh, or uh, do you have generators? What do you do? Uh, I, I don't live off the grid now, but I, I can do that within a, a moment's notice. Uh, I always follow the, um, the little saying that, you know, you live simply so other people can simply live. Right, right. And that's my motto, and I kind of like go by that. But yes, uh, you know, there'll be a, you know, most gas stations, the gasoline, you know, like, uh, they're run by electric, so if the electric goes out, or if we have, like, people riding in the streets, as soon as the money stops for a lot of people that are subsidized throughout the country, then the whole world would be chaos. Well, that's true. Let's for, say, for example, the electricity does, does go out. And this could happen, you know, without uh, an economic collapse. If we had, for example, a major, major solar storm, uh, could knock out grids, the, uh, the electrical uh, power goes out, uh, you, the water filtration system in the municipalities are, are basically dependent on electricity. So forget about, you know, flushing your toilets and having clean water and turning on the taps and so forth. That'll go. Uh, and, uh, you're right. I mean, what happens when the trucks start move, stop moving, uh, uh, gasoline to the gas stations, food to the grocery stores? Do you stock up on food? Do you have like a six month supply? Usually three months. Three months. But, uh, yeah. But you're, you see the trends, you know, like, uh, uh, the United States, the government lies so much about the situation. I mean, I even believe that there's 30%, 40% unemployment in the United States, but they, they fiddle around with the figures and things like that. So who knows who knows what's happening in parts of the world? Well, I believe there's certainly underemployment that would approach at least 20% in the United States. And, and they, the, these job numbers that keep coming out, uh, they neglect to mention that high-paying jobs are going you know, by the boards, and these are being replaced by service jobs, uh, waitressing and, and uh, you know, bartending and, and so forth. Uh, so, you know, people are losing 30, 40% of their income in some cases. People have three, four jobs just to replace, you know, what they once had. So there's huge underemployment, and that, that figure is not uh, represented in these job stats that come out. I, I agree. I don't think things – this is not a recovery. Uh, if it is a recovery, it's the worst recovery – probably in uh, 150, 200 years. Lee, I appreciate the call. Good to uh, to hear from the Buckeye State, Ohio. Appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. Good night. 416-360-0740 and toll-free from just about anywhere. 866-744-740. Do you fear an economic meltdown, a collapse, a depression, a worldwide depression? As I said, Gerald Salente will be on the program in a couple of weeks and we'll no doubt get into this uh, with him. Uh, but all eyes on Cyprus as uh, they struggle uh, to deal with their the breakdown of their, their banking system. And again, many of the people that I follow, the, the Eric Sprots and the Jim Sinclairs and the Salentes, uh, say that Cyprus, this could be the domino. This could be that black swan event. This could spread throughout Europe, cause a run on banks, bank failures, the disintegration of the euro. At what point will Germany 
and its northern EU partners, like Finland and Holland, say enough is enough. We're not going to bail out any more of these Mediterranean countries. What's happening in Cyprus has a lot to do with the fact that the German chancellor is facing an election in September. And many people in Germany are no longer in any mood to bail out these countries. So now Merkel and the Troika are saying to Cyprus, your people will bail out your banking system. Here's the other interesting thing. Part of this deal that's being worked out in these Eurogroup talks, as I speak right now, these are these talks are un- underway. The deal is, of course, that 100,000 uh, euro uh, deposits of 100,000 euros and greater will have to pay up to 40% in a depositor tax. Here's the thing, though. The deal is, in exchange for that, they'll get 10 billion in bailout money. But Cyprus was told you are not going to you're not going to have your 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 parliament vote on this. You're going to put this through and the people will have no say in it. How undemocratic is that? Uh, Carmen is here in Toronto. Carmen, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you? Uh, how are you, Richard? Hey, Carmen. Good to hear from you. It's been a long time. Well, uh, I, uh, I'm a long-time listener, and I think uh, a lot of your guests uh, give us hope and optimism. In fact, many of them have in the past for me. Uh, what I hear tonight is, is scary, but I'm going to mention a name called Ray Kurzweil. Yes, Ray Kurzweil, yep. Yeah, and he wrote a book called The Singularity is Near, and he said the fundamental laws of the stock market and everything, the, the, the financial system are outdated. Basically, they're, they're, they don't measure the true wealth. Uh, so uh, the according to him, the World Bank released uh, uh, the uh, report and uh, well, it's it's about ten years ago, 2004. It was the uh, the most prosperous year ever in any year in history, history of our our recorded civilization. So where is all this money going? Uh, I just I just feel that the money system itself is basically like a, a flat Earth money system, and it doesn't take into account all the wealth that. Uh, you know, that we really have. And somehow the people in control of the money system, uh, I don't think it's all corrupt. I just think it's, it's, it's complicated, you know? So you say you have Gerald Salenti. Uh, I like Gerald Salenti. I like, uh, I like many of your guests in the past. Uh, uh, the fellow, um, he's a close friend of yours too. Um, Saul? Uh, I'm not sure who, who you're referring to. Nelson Thal. Nelson Thal, yes, yes. Yeah, I think they're optimistic, and they they believe we're in a complex age. But to do with Cyprus uh, again, I, I'm I, I'm not a financial person. All I think of is when I look around in Toronto, I see Brooks Brothers opening. I see. Um, you know, all kinds of new stores opening. A lot are closing, like along the Danforth and that. But there's new uh, targets opening. A lot of stores, and, and for some reason, there's 20 stores opening. They must think that, you know, things that there's not not going to be a collapse. Again, I'm I'm nothing but a I guess a wannabe stand-up comic, and uh, you know, like I I just. 
when I hear you tonight, it's 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 sort of like. Um, well, you sound I mean, like Carmen. You sound like you're 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 fairly optimistic, and I agree. Things in Canada are significantly better than they are elsewhere. I think we've, uh, you know, we've we've managed things pretty well here. The conservative government has overall. When we don't have the debt I that agree. they have elsewhere, I agree. I agree, and we are a wealthy country. We have uh, enormous. Of course, it's not easy to govern. Some some groups want to tear it apart, but in any case, it's a, uh, you've always got a great show. Uh, I listen. I don't call as much as I used to, and I, I don't write as much as I used to, but I'm glad to hear that a lot of stations in the States are going to pick it up, okay? I appreciate it, Carmen. Good to hear from you. Okay, man. Long-time listener, Carmen, okay. from Toronto. Well, I, I mean, I don't I, I don't want to be a downer, but I think we have to be prepared, right? What's that old saying? Uh, forewarned, forearmed. And if the situation in Cyprus, you know, doesn't turn out to be this domino effect and we don't see this economic tsunami, great. But why not be prepared? Why not be prepared? But I'm curious, especially uh, for people down in the United States, where, let's face it, you have something like one one in five people now in the United States around some form of social assistance, whether it's food stamps, some type of welfare. Again, the unemployment figures that are coming out of the United States, I don't believe them. I think there's huge underemployment. A lot of people have just given up looking for work. You may remember back in February, the CEO of of Walmart said, this is the worst February I've ever seen. It's a disaster. Those were his words, a disaster. Meanwhile, of course, the stock market is going up, 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 new highs approaching 15,000, the Dow. What's going on there? Is that an indication that, there, that, that, that we are in recovery? Again, I don't think so. Keep in mind, the Federal Reserve, this quantitative easing, pumping $85 billion a month. Where is that money going? It's going to the banks. So they're liquid. It's going to large corporations. And what are they doing with that money? Acquisitions. Are they hiring people? No. Are they buying their competitors? Are they swallowing their competitors? Yes. And then closing down stores. So the stock market may look good, but I don't think there are any sort of fundamentals. Now, I'm not a, I'm not an economist, but I don't think there are any corporate fundamentals there to support. I don't think there's value is what I'm saying in the stock market. And I, I'm fearing a collapse there as well. Anne is in Keswick, Ontario. Anne, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Thank you, sir. Um, I'm a little, um, um, not with the knowledge about the euro, but can you tell me, what would that be in Canadian money when you're talking about the, the tax that they want to put on the people in Cyprus? What is that value in Canadian money? Well, a euro right now is about a dollar thirty-two Canadian. Okay. So let's say you had 100,000 uh, euros. Yes. Uh, that would be, boy, you, I need my calculator. But listen, 40%, up to 40%. Okay. And let's say it happened in Canada. If you had $100,000 in the bank and uh-huh. you woke up and they said, we're taxing your deposits by mm-hmm. 40%, mm-hmm. you now have $60,000 left. Okay. That's now, substantial. Yes. Even though... And it's theft, Anne. I need to point that out. This is theft. For yeah. years, we've operated under the sacrosanct law yeah. that banks insure your deposits. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. They need to protect you. That's why you put your money into a bank. Right. Now they want to tax you. Listen, got to run, Ann. Uh, listen, if you want to hold on through the break, we'll yes. come back and chat some more. Ann and Keswick okay. stays with us. I, I, I wanted to ask a question. We'll do that when we come back. The Conspiracy Show, Richard Serrett, back in a moment. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back, and I'm asking you whether you are prepared for a possible financial collapse. And it may seem like a world away, the tiny island nation of Cyprus and what is happening there. But a number of financial analysts, people that I follow, Jim Sinclair, Eric Sprott, and others who who, uh, contribute to uh, kingworldnews.com, Gerald Salenti. Uh, Paul Craig Roberts, Dr. Roberts, was the uh, former assistant uh, secretary of the Treasury, assistant Treasury secretary under Ronald Reagan. He was the architect of Reaganomics. Let me uh, give you a quote from him commenting on what is going on there in Cyprus and, and this imposition of a tax on depositors, theft. He's talking about a time when a fiduciary actually existed. A fiduciary. That's somebody who undertook as a matter of honor and law that the deposits would be protected to the best of that institution's ability. This is something that is completely erased if, in fact, even .00001% is taken from the depositors as an act of confiscation in order to save the institutions, which basically have screwed the world and the depositors. When governments don't represent the will of the people, law is in the streets, he writes. What do you think happened in Egypt? What do you think that the basic Arab Spring was all about? What do you think will happen if the present administration in the United States, for example, decides that Texas can't have their guns anymore? Law is moving where it doesn't represent the people, into the streets and away from the legislator. These are defining moments. This is social, this is political, and certainly this is economic. And this is by no means a move too small to consider our world conditions, what is happening in Cyprus. Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, the former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury under Ronald Reagan. Let's uh, say hello again to uh, Anne, who's uh, been on hold. Uh, Anne is in Keswick, Ontario, and you had a question about uh, the euro and Cyprus, Anne. Uh, Yes. You were saying the banking system in Cyprus has been shut down now for over a week. Yes. Should that uh, scenario happen here, that we hope it, pray that it doesn't, what my silly little question would be, if the banking system is closed, can you not use your um, credit card or your debit card in the store? Is that all 
uh, like the system going to the bank, that everything all down the channels is closed? Well, what's happened, I'll give you an example of what's happening in Cyprus. And people are allowed to withdraw, I think, 100 euros from an ATM. Uh, But stores are nervous that if they were to take uh, a credit card from someone, that they wouldn't be able to get their money out of the bank. So they're only accepting cash. Stores across Cyprus are only accepting cash. So if you don't have cash on hand because they have these capital controls in place and you can only withdraw 100 euros a week, how are you going to buy your groceries? Mm -hmm. That's what's happening in Cyprus. And again, Anne, I want to stress, I don't foresee that ever happening or in the foreseeable future happening in Canada. No, knock on wood, but... No, we have a very stable uh, banking system. We don't have, for example, in the United States... They have a huge exposure, their banks, to this, what we call toxic paper, these derivatives, Mm -hmm. hundreds of trillions of dollars worth of derivatives. We don't have that exposure because we have, I guess, just more prudent and smarter bankers up here. They didn't Mm -hmm. get involved in that nonsense Mm -hmm. to the same extent, Mm -hmm. that Ponzi scheme. So the system here is very stable. I think Mm -hmm. we're okay, Anne. Okay. Knock on wood. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you for the call, Anne. Good to hear from you. Bye-bye. Uh, Michael is in Hamilton. Michael, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm very good, sir. How are you? Well, thank you. Yeah, I just a uh, couple of points that I picked up on here, and this, this is a really good show you've got going tonight because this is on a lot of people's minds. And I agree with you that I think the Canadian economy and the Canadian banking system is top-notch, and we don't have too much to worry about. But you had a gentleman from Ohio who just called a little while ago. Yes, and he said that he thinks that the United States would be the last place that would happen. I don't agree with that, no. I don't agree with it at all. And if you back up to the lady that you were just talking to, um, talking about different things that could happen, and then go back to what this gentleman was saying. <clears throat> First of all, uh, since the United States announced it was $14.7 trillion in debt, and now it's being reported that they're one and a half to two uh, trillion dollars again worse than that and it's been said by people that accountants and financial people can crunch numbers any way they want and the truth is that it's more like 20 trillion dollars well i got news for you michael i i think and i've read it's somewhere near 70 trillion because you need to include what they call these unfunded liabilities yep these and are things like pensions and so forth 70 it, trillion it's incredible and you make a good point and then when you add up the bankrupt uh, american states that owe what they owe, and the bankrupt American cities that owe what they owe. Here in Hamilton, it, there, last week there was an article by a writer uh, in Detroit, and he was speaking of conditions in Detroit right now. Michael, listen, i got to take a break. Uh, hold on, okay. I, I'd like to hear that. Um, okay. Michael from Hamilton, welcoming your calls here on The Conspiracy Show. Are you prepared for a financial collapse? Stay with us. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now, 416-360-0740. Of course, on the one hand, you could say that at least in Cyprus, or the European Union, the ECU, and the uh, the IMF are being a little more honest. Uh, they're being a little more upfront in their theft uh, by taxing depositors. Uh, of course, governments steal from us all the time. There's a secret tax. It's called inflation. The constant devaluing of the dollar. And when they print more money, as they're doing in the United States, to the tune of $85 billion a month, this quantitative easing, um, in an attempt to stimulate the economy, and it's not doing its job, the recovery just is not 
I mean, you could not call this a real a robust economy uh, by any stretch. But by pumping $85 billion a month into the uh, economy, it's going to cause inflation. It's going to cause hyperinflation at some point. Here again, we're being misled. We're told uh, by the mainstream media uh, that, that according to the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which is a basket of goods by which they measure inflation, they're saying, what is it, somewhere between 2 and 3%? Don't buy that. And I don't think any of you buy that either. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Have you seen the price of bread and basic food stuff rising over the last several months? Do you buy that inflation is 2 to 3%? Not a chance. Your utilities? Gas? It's got to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 or 8%. I think we all know that. We all sense that. But again, everybody in the mainstream media and the government telling us everything is okay, everything is, is looking up and rosy, we're in a recovery. Do you feel like we're in a recovery? Uh, back to Michael in Hamilton. Thanks for holding through the break, Michael. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just getting back to, to what we were talking about there, and <clears throat> as soon as President Obama was elected to office, the first thing he did was he came to Canada. He went back and tried to give Americans public health care, and he went back and, and tried to change banking. He caused the Dow to actually tank. And it was obvious that that system was not working where uh, you had the, the savings and loan crisis of the early 80s. You had the recession of the early 90s. This just incredible greed of all of these people it was, was causing that to happen. And basically knowing that they were going to get bailed out any, you know, every time that they did something like that. But now it looks like this is nearing the end now. Like the, with the, the subprime mortgage thing that was happening <clears throat> when they were flipping properties, and it was just getting absolutely out of control in the United States, in Iceland, in Ireland, in Greece, and et cetera. They must have known that those properties weren't worth that much. But it was just flip, 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 money, 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 until it all crashed. Well, yeah, they, they bundled these this debt into these derivatives. And I don't know, these bond rating agencies that gave them the AAA, they're also... Con- they're also uh, uh, guilty here. They looked sure. the other way and gave these triple A's and they went out into the market and they were sold. This derivative bubble, I mean, we're talking hundreds of trillions of dollars. Yes. And, uh, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think this is going to collapse. I don't know when, uh, but it can't, it can't sustain this, this hundred year old Ponzi scheme. And I don't know if it, w- when we get out the other end of it, whether we're going to be back on a gold standard or we'll have to pick some, I read an interesting article the other day, someone suggesting that we can't go back on the gold standard because that can be manipulated the same way that, that uh, the currency, yes. paper paper money can be manipulated. Yes. He was suggesting that we go uh, on, on a standard that would include something like electricity, like a kilowatt hour. And I found that intriguing. But but we, we definitely have to push the reset button at some point and, and uh, uh, you know, back the dollar with something of, of real value. This, this and, constantly and I, printing money is, uh, uh, it always leads in the same place, and yet we keep going back and making the same mistakes. It's like these, these guys that are in charge now at the Fed and at the major banks and at the IMF, these are the guys that got us into this mess in the first place. Exactly. And they're the ones in charge. And now they're stealing depositor money in Cyprus, and it's going to happen, it's going to spread throughout Europe. And just thinking what paper money actually is, it's not actually funds. It's a note from the government saying, by us giving you this this bill, um, like a note, like they used in Britain, 
we're giving you this note saying that you're worth this much by the virtue of this piece of paper you're holding in your hand. And in the U.S., it's being handed to you by a government that basically the only reason that they haven't been declared insolvent is the, because they're the mighty United States. Well, because you know, they can they can continue to print money. Now, if you're uh, in the EU, you don't have sovereignty over your own currency. You can't just print your way out of the situation. And that's that's you're right. If you look at the situation in the United States, they are no better off than Ireland, England, Spain, all these countries that are teetering on the brink. On the brink, they are bankrupt technically in every sense of the word. The only thing that is keeping them afloat is that they can continue to print money. But when they print money, they devalue the currency. That's theft because your purchasing power, if you're holding on to paper money, continues to go down. It's a tax. But as I said, at least in Europe now, the uh, the European uh, Central Bank and the IMF, they're being totally upfront about it. They're just going into the bank and stealing. They're confiscating depositors' money. Here's an interesting little thing that they had to do, though. They had to redefine what a depositor is in order to pull this prank. A depositor is now being defined as a lender, as an investor, which, of course, isn't the case. I mean, you put your money in a bank for safekeeping. You're not an investor. You're not a lender. The bank decides to lend out your money. That's their business, not yours. But in order to confiscate the money from depositors, they had to redefine what a depositor was. 40%, up to 40%, they will tax depositors over 100,000 euros in the banks in Cyprus. If you don't think that's going to cause a run on the banks in places like Spain. Now, incidentally, there are a lot of Brits who have retired to places like Cyprus. And there are a lot of Brits in Spain. You don't think they're going to run to the bank and pull out their money? If you don't think this could happen, this couldn't happen in the United Kingdom, I beg to differ. So what's happening right now in Cyprus? This could be akin to the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand that set off World War I. In other words, this could be the domino. This could be that black swan event. A ripple turning into to a tsunami. And it will have some impact. So what's Germany going to do? Is Germany going to say enough is enough? And they're going to pull out of the EU? I suspect it's only a matter of time before what we see initially is a two-tier European community or a Eurozone. Germany, Finland, Holland, they'll say enough is enough. We're going on our own. They'll have their northern euro. Italy, Spain, Portugal, Greece, Cyprus, they'll have their southern euro. And then from, from there, that's just an incremental a transition. From there, it's just a matter of time before Germany says, no, we're bringing back the Deutschmark. I mean, it'll be a chaos in Europe for a while. You can imagine having to unravel and, and disentangle from all these contracts that are based, you know, uh, commercial contracts and so forth, based on purchasing in this common currency. But that's where I believe it's going. The euro is unraveling, and this might be the first step. 416-360-0740 in the Greater Toronto Area. Last call to the phones. one 866 from just about anywhere. Would love to hear from my listeners in the United States because I think the situation there is a little more fragile, considerably more fragile 
than it is here. Do you fear an economic collapse? Are you prepared for one? Do you keep your money under your mattress? Do you think it's possible to wake up one day and there'll be a banking holiday in the United States? Let's say hello to uh, Gail, who I believe is calling from Toronto. Welcome, Gail. Oh, hi, Richard. Hi there. Um, I heard a little while ago, and I, I, I don't know whether it's true, but that Austria was going to pull out of the EU and get their own currency back, the shilling. The shilling used to be their currency. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, uh, that I... was quite some time ago, and I thought, wow, it sounds like, you know, people are going to be jumping ship pretty soon if Austria pulls out. Well, this is what uh, this is what Germany is, has, has been so afraid of, because yeah. they realize it only takes one country, even a tiny country like Cyprus, and once they go, mm. it'll all begin to unravel. Yeah, well, I think that's maybe what will happen. We shall see. Yeah. I, I read an interesting thing the other day, though, about Austria, mm. and uh, uh, I forget what the statistic was. It was over 50%. I believe, actually, I've posted the story at the website, richardserrett.com, but over 50% of Austrians believe that if the Nazi party were allowed, once again, if it was legal for there to be a Nazi party in Austria, they would win the next election. Oh, dear. This is the ugly side of what's happening. It's not nice. No, of course, I mean, in Greece, we've seen the rise of this despicable, horrible uh, uh, party called the Golden Dawn. Yeah. And they, yeah. while they deny that they are essentially the Nazi party, that's what, exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that when times get uh, tough and you see a breakdown in law and order, right. uh, and then you see the rise of these parties. Jackboots take advantage of the situation. Exactly. Let's, let's pray yeah. <laughs> that we do not see a return, uh, uh, you know, of... Uh, of the uh, the rise of the um, uh, you know of the fascists in Europe. Yeah, because they will take it out on whomever they think is the scapegoat. Well, and we know exactly how that story ends, don't we? And mm-hmm. it's not good. Gail, thank you for the call. I think we have time to squeeze in Wayne from Scarborough. Wayne, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Good evening, Richard. Uh, extra exceptional, interesting show tonight. I'd just like to comment quickly. I think uh, you're on the right track. And what they want to do, though is make a cashless society. And when they collapse it, they'll say, oh, in time, after the chaos, here's your little chip or your card. Don't worry about it because banks don't want money. to. to they don't like counting it. The governments don't like printing it. They just got rid of the penny. I'll just throw that out and see what you think, and thank you. I appreciate that, Wayne. I think you're definitely on to something. Um, I, I think, though, we've already arrived at a cashless society. Most of your savings are floating around in cyberspace. They're just electronic blips bouncing around from one credit union to another, to a, you know, from one bank to another financial institution. There's the, the, the amount of, of actual paper currency and coinage that's in circulation is a very small percentage of, of the, uh, you know, the money that's out there. Most of it, again, is just electronic. They're little blips moving at the speed of light. And it's a number that's, you know, in a computer, on a ledger. Goes in one side, it goes out the other. So I think we are in a cashless society, essentially. But it will be interesting to see, if we have this financial collapse, what emerges on the other side? What sort of new financial system is put in place? Will it be a gold standard? And, perhaps even more interesting, what currency will emerge as the new reserve currency. Will it be the U.S. dollar? I think you could argue that 
technically it no longer is the reserve currency. China and Russia are now trading directly with each other. They're not using the U.S. dollar. China and Russia no longer using the U.S. dollar and a number of other countries coming on board. It's getting interesting, folks. Batten down the hatches. You can follow me on Twitter at Richard Serrett. Please say hello. 